Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, October 10th, and this is The Gateway. I'm Rachel Lippman, in today for Wayne Pratt. Ahead on the podcast, the University of Missouri-St. Louis has commissioned five short works of music to perform throughout the year as the campus celebrates its 60th anniversary. Part of it, I think, was also maybe we just need music that we can perform anywhere on campus, you know, and and really celebrate the campus. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All will take us through those new fanfares, but first, the news. A Republican member of the St. Louis County Council wants the Missouri Attorney General to investigate the county's juvenile detention facility. Ernie Trakis of South St. Louis County sent the letter to Andrew Bailey on Monday. It will be read into the council's record at the meeting tonight. Trakis says he has received information that workers at the center are sexually abusing juveniles held there. Families have told the council their children are often restricted to their rooms without access to showers or toilets. A hearing last month focused solely on budget issues, the only thing the council can control. The St. Louis County Circuit Court oversees and operates the center, which puts it under Bailey's jurisdiction. One of the figures behind controversial changes to the community radio station KDHX says DJs who were fired will never return to the airwaves. KDHX board president Gary Pearson told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch in a statement that, quote, volunteers are not entitled to be a part of any organization they are actively causing harm to, including our station. Last month, 10 volunteers had their shows canceled. Another 13 went on strike in solidarity. Some have asked listeners to withhold their donations. The reinstatement demands are a key part of a Facebook group called Save KDHX. Its members are also calling for the resignations of Pearson and Kelly Wells, the station's executive director. Pearson told the Post-Dispatch the group's demands will not be met under any circumstances. The city of Valley Park continues to oppose placing a historical marker within city limits to a 19th century lynching. In 1894, a mob lynched John Buckner, a black man accused of rape, on a bridge that goes from the city limits to unincorporated St. Louis County. After advocates expressed interest in placing a historical marker, the city declined. It says the lynching did not happen in Valley Park. City residents also say they don't want to honor an accused rapist. Jeff Ward is a member of the advocacy group Reparative Justice Coalition of St. Louis. He says that sentiment is similar to what residents expressed in the 1890s. Here we are in the 21st century with residents and city officials saying effectively the same thing. We don't want to look at this. We don't want to give this any attention. It doesn't warrant it. Ward made those comments on St. Louis on the Air. A Kansas City man has set a new Guinness World Record for the longest journey by pumpkin boat. Steve Cuny reached Napoleon, Missouri yesterday, shortly after 6 p.m., 38 miles down the Missouri River from his launch point in Kansas City, Kansas. That breaks the record set last year by a Nebraska man. Cuny told KCUR on Monday before he left that he expected the trip to take about eight hours. Just a guy with a pumpkin and a, a whimsical sense of adventure, just out to have fun. In the end, CUNY spent about 11 hours inside the 1,200-pound pumpkin he called Huckleberry.
The University of Missouri-St. Louis Music Department is celebrating the school's 60th anniversary by commissioning and performing five fanfares. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on the project's big goals for some short pieces of music. Let's try it again. I think that might be a better balance. Let's try UMSL music professor David Watsick is leading the school's wind ensemble in a rehearsal of And the Thing Was Done by Evan Williams, the first of five fanfares commissioned to honor the university's anniversary. Fanfares are short pieces of music that usually are associated with announcing something or someone important. Watsick says UMSL's 60th is important and was leaving it very open-ended for composers to decide what kind of piece to write. So whatever their idea of a fanfare is, that to me is really interesting. If you say, what's the color blue to five different people, and they're going to have five different blues that they come up with. And that, I think, is a a really good sign of of the diversity of humanity. Watsik says interest in diversity is also why five short pieces are better than one longer work. He also says fanfares have more flexibility and more opportunity to be performed. Part of it, I think, was also maybe we just need music that we can perform anywhere on campus, you know, and, and really celebrate the campus. Another goal of the project was to engage composers with local ties. Evan Williams is from Chicago and teaches at the Berklee College of Music in Boston. But his fanfare was inspired by a stop at the St. Louis Arch while on a road trip. Before he took the tram to the top, he watched the documentary film on its construction. And it ended with this really grandiose quotes. And they were quoting a historian uh, about the um, you know westward expedition by Lewis and Clark. And I just remembered that quote, and I thought it was a great uh, metaphor for both uh, achieving a goal and, um, you know, seeing it through hardship. Williams says having an idea and only a minute of music to compose didn't mean it was easy to write and the thing was done. The type of music I write usually unfolds itself after a long period of time. So this was uh, actually sort of hard for me and it took a, um, a little bit of work to like say what I wanted to say in just one minute. One of the other composers is local, but her inspiration for her fanfare is very far away. Kim Archer teaches at Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. Her fanfare is titled Castle Hill, based on a location in Scotland. And I remember the very first time many years ago I made that last little trip up Castle Hill and then was facing Edinburgh Castle and thinking, wow. But it's, it's a pretty short little stretch of road, and so a pretty short little fanfare, leading to a big wow at the end. Archer has become known for her fanfare writing in recent years, as the United States Marine Band commissioned her to write one for President Joe Biden's inauguration. While that piece was performed by one of the best bands in the world, Archer and the other composers were asked to write so their UMSL fanfares could be played by most high school ensembles. Watsik is in his second year at UMSL, attempting to rebuild a program that's recovering from pandemic-related setbacks. He says having commissioned by the University of Missouri-St. Louis at the top of a high school student's sheet music will help. For high schoolers to see that, that we are... Um, that we care to be diverse in the music that we play, that we care to create new music alongside of them, is important. The UMSL Wind Ensemble will perform And the Thing Was Done, the first of five commissioned fanfares 
at its concert tomorrow night at the campus's Two Hill Performing Arts Center. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. David Cazares was the editor on that piece from Jonathan. St. Louis Public Radio is a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. The music on the podcast is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Rachel Lippman. Have a wonderful day. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.